Good morning, church. I'm Regan Rapero, and I just finished ninth grade. Welcome. If you're a first-time guest or have prayer requests, please text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. There's a lot of information here, so if you have a smartphone, you can open your camera on your smartphone, aim it at the QR code on the screen, and it will take you to a website that has all of them in one place, as well as our digital bulletin. Now for our announcements. Our summer camp for the youth has a parent meeting right after church. And I'm super excited for camp because I'm going to grow closer with Christ, make new friendships, and there's going to be dodgeball. I'm really excited. <laughs> I love dodgeball. Next, the city will be using our parking lot on the 4th of July. We'll be handing out waters and greeting people as they wait for the shuttle. If you would like to volunteer, contact Lil Blaylock. Hi guys, uh, hi church family, I'm Logan Speakman and I will be praying over us and over us and um, future over this church and yeah, please bow your heads with me as I pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this church and the faithfulness of its people, Lord. I pray that you will continue to work in and through us. Lord, and I pray that you will bless this offering so that you may use it for your kingdom and your glory. And I pray that you will bless church. Uh, can we just give our youth a round of applause? It takes a lot of boldness to step up there and lead us this morning, and um, we're so grateful for them. And I don't think there's a better way to celebrate Youth Takeover Sunday than having one of our very own youth getting baptized today. And so I want to introduce you to Gabe Gibson, and he's going to get baptized this morning. And what's really cool, two things I want to share with you, um, is one is that Gabe uh, accepted Christ at Vacation Bible School, serving the children there. And so just an incredible um, way that God has just been using his story and his testimony, and so we're so excited for him. But the other thing that I want to share with you is in the month of June, after today, we have some more youth that are going to be baptized at the beach. We will have 30 people get baptized in the month of June alone. Isn't that amazing? Let's give God a round of applause. And so I'm so excited for my brother Gabe. We got to talk and uh, just what the Lord is doing in his life. And so, Gabe, I'm going to ask you today, uh, who is Jesus in your life? He is your Lord and Savior. Amen. 
Well, based upon your profession of faith, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of Christ's death, raised to the newness of life. Church, let's give him a round of applause. Amen. Church, if you will join me in praying over Gabe this morning. Lord, we love you so much, and we're so grateful for how you're working in Gabe's life. Lord, we pray that you would continue to use him in power. Lord, we are, are thankful for his testimony of how you're working. And Lord, we just are continually excited about the next generation that you're raising up, Lord. Use them for your glory and for your kingdom, Lord. I pray that as the, our youth continue to lead us in service, God, use them as a testimony of the God that you are and how you can work in amazing ways. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give Gabe another round of applause. Amen. Step out. Three years ago, Savannah decided she wanted to get more involved in the music part of her life. And we were kind of leery about which direction we wanted her to go in. And she started talking to somebody where she worked. And they said, why don't you try out for the church band? They're looking for somebody. So uh, when she wanted to come to the church to be try out for the band, inside I was... 10,000 hallelujahs <laughs> and so we talked about it we decided to go to church she joined the band we were excited um, then it I mean nothing was in our control after that it just everything took over the, um, the feelings that we had that I, I got back watching him and watching her um, that was my testimony it was kind of something that's always kind of lingered in my head, wondering like, why do people go to church? What's, you know, the hype about kind of everything that you just hear, like, God saved me. And, you know, growing up, I never really kind of understood it. But after I met my friend, she told me, you need to come to church. You would love it. You'd have fun. You'd meet great people that you share a lot of the same like things with. And, you know, I was about three years ago, I was like 14, 15 years old coming here. So I was like, okay, let's try it out. So me never having come into a church before, I was a little nervous about coming in. I says, I might come in here and it burst into flames. Some of the things I've done in my past, you just never know what's gonna happen. So I started coming to the service to hear her play and I started hearing the pastor's message. And it, something came over me that I had never felt before. I was like, I'm hearing the Bible in a different way. I had heard the Bible from other people that I grew up with, my parents, which I didn't see eye to eye, so I left when I was 16. And I heard it from people that I worked with throughout the years, people talked to me about God. And I always had a rebuttal for me because I couldn't see where it was gonna fit into my life or do anything for me. But after we started coming to the church here, I had a different feeling that I hadn't felt before. So, over the last three years, I can back up to almost the first three months we started coming to church. I started realizing that I needed to make a decision. I was hearing the pastor say, if you feel the need to come forward 
and give your life to Christ. Maybe today's the day to do it. Well, I knew it was time, so I came up front, had a conversation with the pastor, and we started talking about the next steps. And then we had all decided as a family that we wanted to get baptized and move forward in our life with Christ. And that's when things started to change. And then I had heard a sermon about forgiveness. And I got so choked up. Even right now, it's hard to talk about it. But my sister got killed in 2006. And the very next day, this happened on a Saturday morning, the very next day was a Sunday. And they had the first hearing for the gentleman that had caused her to die at the prison. I was there with my brother. I stood up in front of the judge when they brought him in. And she goes, can I help you, sir? I said, yes. I just want that man right there to know that when he gets out, I'm going to be waiting for him. And that's all I had to say because everybody in there knew what I was talking about. I was going to seek revenge for my sister's death. And that was probably one of the hardest things I ever did, but I meant it at the time because I was really upset at the way she had got killed. So after hearing the pastor's sermon about forgiveness, I realized I needed to do something different. I had said some pretty bad things that day and it played on my conscience after hearing the sermon. So I actually talked to um, one of the pastors here and he just gave me some words on how I should maybe put a letter together to write to the gentleman that this had all happened to. So I called the chaplain at the prison and he also told me, go this route, this is where you need to send it to us so that he gets the letter. So I wrote down a couple of things and read some scriptures in the letter that I wrote to him and told him that my sister was very important to me and I said some things at the time that I realized that I shouldn't have said. And that as hard as it is, I forgive him because God forgave me. And hopefully he can find Jesus in his life. And that's how the letter went. I learned that Jesus is the way and the Bible is the map. And we have to let those things into our heart. And then we can become disciple makers and help lead other people to Jesus. Something I never thought I'd be saying at this point in my life, ever. I think the important part of the faith campaign is so that other families can experience what we are experiencing and their families can experience and they can have the joy of seeing their children and their families walk through the door, give the praise for generations to come. It's so good to see you here this morning on site here. And those of you joining us online, welcome. And I believe what we just witnessed and saw here truly epitomizes and embodies the very reason of why we're in this journey together for generations to come. You see where a teenage daughter comes to this church to get plugged into our praise and worship ministry right here on this stage that results in a mother and father coming to see her and then hearing the word of God and the transforming truth of Jesus Christ coming to saving faith. That's what it's all about. That man right there, Alan Tellier, who just gave that testimony this morning, is in West Palm Beach, Florida, preaching at a church. 
today. Church, you've been so faithful. We're over 6.1 million in our goal of 8.7 before we close on our loan. So as we continue to go through this, you know the ways you can give. Our digital platform with our QR code is on the offering boxes back there in the atrium. I encourage you to use that digital platform and or writing a check however way God leads you to give. We thank you so much. And by the way, uh, every Sunday from this forward until we actually occupy the buildings, if you'd like, at 10 o'clock to 10.30 and from 11.30 to 12 o'clock, we're actually doing tours. I'm doing tours to take you through the building so you can see the progress on a, on a weekly basis if you'd like to do that. I'll be in the atrium afterwards, so if you'd like to do that, just show up and we'll go through the buildings together. God bless you, church. All right. Hello. Hello again, church. I am here with one of our very own students, Layla. Layla is an amazing young woman, and she has some words that she has on her heart that she would like to share with you all. Good morning, church. My name is Layla Bray. Um, I just graduated St. Augustine High School, and I'm going to be sharing my testimony today. So when I was a little girl, I went to church every Sunday morning, but after a while, my family and I just kind of stopped going less and less until we eventually just stopped going for good. I always, walked, I always spoke about going again, but I never took that next step. I felt like I had let God down, and I knew I still believed in God, but I fell into the, wreck, the wrong crowd of people, and I let temptation take over. I was not happy, and I only spoke to God when I needed him. But when I wanted to go back to church, I put, sorry, but I wanted to go back to church and I put my life back into God's hands, but I just wasn't sure or where to start and I just felt like there was no way God would forgive me. Fast forward to this past month, my, my stepdad's brother recently passed away and at his funeral, I'm sitting front row and the bishop is seeking, speaking and preaching and he says, I feel like we have some people in this room who no longer go to church and have lost, have lost Jesus' touch. And as he says those words, I feel like he is looking into my soul as he speaks. I try to look away as I know I'm guilty, but I feel his eyes looking directly at me. And I start to think through the rest of the funeral that this is a message from God telling me it's time to come home and that he has never left me. Now I'm starting to realize that God has always been walking with me and has put people in my life, like my two best friends, Kayla and Bella, to lead me back to him. Both of them... Both of them this whole year have been asking me to come to youth, and I don't know why I could, but after God's message to me at that funeral, I made the step, and I've been attending youth for two months now. I've been coming to church every Sunday, Wednesday, and into any, any event that the youth group has been holding. I purchased a Bible, and I speak and pray to God, not for a need anymore, but to thank him for always staying for me. I choose to be here, and I want to follow his plan for my life. I can tell you right now that God's plan is the only plan, and without him, I would not be here, I would not be standing here right now. I also want to thank my family and friends and everyone in youth in the well for making me feel so welcome and loved over these past couple months. And now later today, later today, I get to show the world that I've been saved by Jesus and my Lord and Savior and proclaim his name forever by getting baptized. So thank you, Lord, for saving me.
sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. Sing for the freedom He has won. Even death is dead and done. His life has overcome. Speak, say the name above all names. Over every broken place, He is risen from the grave. What He's done, what He's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise Father's will complete. He reigns in victory. Oh, sing hallelujah to the King. He is worthy to receive all the worship we can bring. What He's done, what He's done, all the glory. My future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. What He's done. What He's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> we'll start with that. Um, and last summer, which would have been my first summer working there, we had um, transfer students from the University of Arkansas 
that came down with a uh, like a program called Kaleo, which is a like um, it was like a v evangelizing outreach thing, and they came down to Palm Coast and they like went out to the beaches every day and they had been evangelizing. And so at first, like now I know this, but like I didn't know this at the time, and I just befriended them because they were really nice people, and. They invited me to come to like the church that they were worshiping at a few times. They invited me to go to some of their rodeos, and I don't know what that would have been like, but I think I would have liked to go. Um, skip over the like the rest of the summer. They were there for nine weeks. I got to be great friends with all of them. They were very nice people. We get to the last week, and I like finally find out like what they were entirely there for. And um, Hagen one of the most memorable people from the summer, he like sat me down at one of the tables during our like 30 minute breaks, which turned into like an hour break because it took so long to explain it. Um, he had explained to me through like taking one of the placemats, a way to get um, from us as man to God and like how they showed um, people that like didn't have relationships with God, how to get there. And so today we're gonna be in Romans. So if you wanna turn there, um, we're going to be looking at a specific verse, but I will go into detail a little bit about uh, Saul's journey into Paul and all that kind of stuff. So, as we know, Saul, who was originally of the city of Taurus and a Pharisee, uh, he was passionate and devout to the Torah and its traditions for Israel. Saul then had a en radical encounter with Jesus um, and became one of Jesus' apostles to go preach to the non-Jewish people of the world, known as the Gentiles, so then Saul took up his old Roman name, Paul, and went out to make little communities of faith believers that he would call churches. And Paul would do this all over Europe, and he would write letters to some of these churches to give wisdom and guidance, and this book of Romans is one of these letters. The original church of Rome had been standing for quite some time, but then the emperor, Claudius, uh, sent all the Jewish people out of the country because um, he just didn't like them. Uh, five years later, they were allowed to come back and now they, uh, but now there are both Jesus Christians and Gentile Christians within this church. And this created a divide in the making uh, and making it very non-Jewish and becoming custom in their own practices. Paul wrote this letter of Romans in order to unite the church as one and he used, to, and he used it to give his fullest explanation of the gospel, the good news about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Paul first explains in this letter that he's an apostle of the one true risen Jesus Christ, King of the nations, and that Jesus has called the world to fall into his loving care. This good news about King Jesus is God's power to save people, and then it reveals God's righteousness. Righteousness means for God that, one, he always does what is right, and two, that he's always faithful to his promises. Um, in the Bible study that I'm leading over the summer, we're looking into the book of 2 Timothy, which is Paul's teachings to Timothy as he goes on to be the pastor at the church of Ephesus. And in 2 Timothy uh, verse 13, it says, um, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. Um, we touched on that last week in our Bible study and that really stood out because no matter what we do, he will always remain faithful to us and to himself. This is, and then, after this, this is where Paul, begin, Paul then goes into a creative retelling of Genesis chapters 3 to 11. He says, The world is trapped in their sin and ideology, giving way to a destructive behavior and the destruction of our humanity. Which stands then is a society that was found guilty in the eyes of a just and righteous God. 
the Israelites were condemned more so because even though they had the Torah and they all believed they were God's chosen pe- people, they had given into just as much sin and idolatry as the rest of the world, making them even more guilty. But instead of holding humanity guilty, God's righteous character moved him to send his son, Jesus, down to earth. Wait, sorry. <laughs> send his son, Jesus, down to earth to die for us as a sacrifice for our sins so we could one day come to the Lord. Jesus became what we are so that one day we could become what he is. And now, getting into chapter 4, Paul asks the question of who can be in God's covenant family? He goes back to the story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 now because none of the rules had gotten made with the Torah or the Ten Commandments. Abraham was still seen as righteous even though he didn't have any rules that he specifically had to follow. Um, But this was purely because of his unwavering, unwavering faith in God's promise which allowed Abraham to have so many children and gave birth to a multi-ethnic faith-based family for the covenant of the Lord. And so now after explaining all of that background knowledge, we get to the verse that has impacted me so much and would have impacted, I think, the people of the Roman church as well, which is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this verse was like the, the like, transfer kids from Arkansas. This verse was their entire weekend, their entire summer here. They studied this verse, and they told this verse to all the people that um, had come to, and so they were evangelizing to. And so we're going to explore this, how I was taught it when I was, at, when I was on my break, where they break down certain specific words in it to um, show, like, the good news of Jesus Christ's birth. Uh, resurrection. So the first word is wage. Now, what is a wage? For me, it's the, it's that paycheck that I get every two weeks from Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, and, or it can be the wage that you earn, um, from like doing your chores or anything like that at your house, anything that you get something for doing something that you deserve. So now imagine I had been working like two full 40 hour work weeks at Chick-fil-A. I was putting in so much effort for like closing, making sure how the, the guests have a great experience and that the food was actually good. Um, imagine I did all of that and then I just didn't get paid at the end of those two weeks. Like they didn't send my paycheck. They were like, oh, we're not going to give you this money. I'd be like, I'd be pretty mad about that. Like, wouldn't you guys? Yeah. And so that shows us that a wage is something that you earn. Like I earned that money from those two weeks of working. And so I should have deserved that. So sin, what is a sin? Sin, uh, how it was explained to me, is basically anything that we do that is against God or that turns us away from God's holy character and prevents us from coming to him. Sin can be as little as lying to your parents, stealing, cursing, any sorts of those things. And then that leads us into the third word, which is death. And when I was asked this part of the question, he said, now, for death, do you think this is a spiritual or a physical death? And at first they said physical, um, but that was wrong. A physical death is a death caused by the physical means of this world that bring us to heaven or hell. A spiritual death is a death in our relationship with God, which causes an eternal separation from our Lord. And so to recap from those th- just those three words, In the context of a verse, it would read like this. 
we have earned a spiritual death because of our sin. We have sinned, and for that sin, we have earned the punishment of eternal separation from God, which none of us want. And then we get into this part, but the gift. What is a gift? Something that is, it's something that is freely given with no strings attached. Who, who usually gives you gifts? Do you think somebody that, would, that hated you would give you a gift on your birthday? No. Gifts are given to those by, who love you no matter what, forever and always. So that'd be like my parents, my friends at my birthday parties, anything like that. My friends at my youth group. Eternal life, this is the next word. This is the opposite from death. It is an eternal relationship with God. Christ Jesus is one of the, is one of the last words. And Christ Jesus is the Messiah, God's son sent down from heaven to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus was a perfect man among the sinful world, born from a virgin birth, who is now the only way to heaven through him. So to recap from all those words, we learned that, um, or we see that we have sinned, so we deserve death. But we all have the gift of God, and all we have to do to go to heaven is accept it. In John 3.16, it states as well, for this is how God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then similarly, in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says that God saved you by his grace when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And so we as humans are so full of sin. Back then, even now, we've always been full of sin, so enveloped in it, and we are not deserving of God's love. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So if I have this gift of eternal life, why shouldn't I share it with masses, with everybody? If you have this gift, why shouldn't you share it? We all have a free, free ticket to heaven. Now, I'm not sure how long each and every one of you has, ac- has had access to this gift since accepting Jesus as your Savior. I know for me, it's been since I was like three years old when I first got baptized. But I didn't really know how to share it when I was younger. And I've learned now. But some of you may be sitting on your faith for decades and have barely shared it or haven't shared it at all. Or some of you have only been sitting on your faith for a week. But that's fine. But I know that I myself have been committing and am still going to commit my life to sharing the good news of God, just like Paul did in my everyday life. Um, one of my favorite songs right now from when I went back to, when I went to Passion Conference in January, it was a new song that they released on that weekend, and it was called I'll Witness It. And one of my favorite lines is at the very end of the uh, song, and they're doing a big tag, and it's, it says... To the broken, I'll witness it. To the lost, I will witness it. To my family, I will witness it. And to my city, I will witness it. And it says all these things that they'll witness it to, saying that, like, I'll witness the things that Jesus has done in my life or how I have been saved through Jesus' free gift. I'll witness that to the nations, to my family, to the masses, to the city. And so I'm challenging you this week to go, to go into your week and tell someone, anyone, about how God loves them and has a gift for them. Now, I'm going to 
I'll, this is the invitation time now. So if you want to recommit your life, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, get baptized, connect more with the church, or just need some prayer, this is a time of invitation, and Sam and myself and any other church leaders will be more than willing to speak life into you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful day. Um, we thank you that everybody came to church. Um, thank you for speaking through me to anybody in this room, and I hope that um, anybody in this room that heard my message today would go into their week and make disciples. Disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Um, and in your name I pray, amen. Amen. Church, can we give Ethan a round of applause? So proud of him and the word that he shared. It's a difficult task to be up here, and he did it, and he planned for it, and was uh, the Lord laid this on his heart, and a powerful message and challenge that he's given us. And so this morning, as our youth worship team leads us in a time of invitation, just as Ethan said, if, if you have a next step of faith that you need to make this morning, myself and decision counselors will be here, or if you need prayer, uh, both Ethan and I would love to pray over you. Let's stand, let's worship as, as we have a time of invitation. Oh, 